0: Welcome, welcome. You are listening to the Faith, Fitness, and Freedom podcast, and I'm your host, Rebecca Tabert-Contreras. Ladies, today we get to talk about motivation, right? Who does not want to know how to be more motivated? I hear it all the time. I just don't feel motivated to start the nutrition plan or get the workouts done or take care of myself because I'm so busy with all the other things, right? So today, we're going to talk about the do's and don'ts for increasing your motivation. So I will be sharing three things you must stop doing and five things you must start doing if you want to increase your motivation. Now, of course, I'm going to caveat this talk today by saying motivation is not a reliable feeling. What is reliable is actions that either align with motivation or detract from motivation. The actions come before the feelings. And when we're lucky, the feelings will catch up. Truth be told, they don't always do. And those that are most successful learn to do whether the feeling of motivation is present or not. Let me say that again. Those that are the most successful in any aspect of life, but today we're gonna be talking about health and fitness specifically. Those that are successful do regardless of whether the feeling of motivation catches up. They choose to be in action. So the three things you want to stop doing if you want to increase motivation. The first is stop procrastinating and be mindful of are you procrastinating? Because a lot of times procrastination looks a lot like very valid reasons as to why you can't start now. Why now is not a good time. And I'm going to encourage you to take a hard look at the reasons behind the not now or I'll start Monday and or I know this is a little tough love. How many times have you said, I'll start Monday. I'll start next month. I'll take action on that when this lines up. I'll do that when I feel better. I know. It's harsh to think about. But I really want you to, if you're driving right now, then either listen all the way through and then listen again when you have pen and paper. But I really want you to take some practical steps and some action for you to think on and work on so that you can build that momentum of the actions that lead to motivation and the actions that lead to the results you really want. So the first is stop procrastinating. And procrastination becomes a habit. So again, be very mindful and very real with yourself, talking again about the becoming the student of your mind and body, not condemnation, learning to really just observe the thought, no judgment associated with it, but where in what aspect of life because there is some truth in how you do everything is how, or how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you're a person that hits snooze, if you're a person that seems to put things off in cleaning your house or uh, taking action in any aspect of life, it may also be showing up for you in areas that you just don't recognize because it's become your norm. And one of the ways that you can build the ability to be in action now versus putting something off is work on something that seems less intimidating work on something that seems like it might be smaller or simpler and stop procrastinating with that. And it'll help you build the muscle of being in action over procrastination for things that might be harder. So maybe it's something as simple as stop hitting snooze. Maybe that doesn't sound so simple for some of you, but maybe it's the, the decision to stop procrastinating with getting out of bed, right? And making sure you get enough sleep so that you don't feel like you need the snooze button. The second is, I'm gonna kind of rapid fire through these um, today and then uh, go into a little bit more detail on a masterclass that I'm hosting in the near future. So stay tuned on the email list for that. You can go to rebeccatabbert.com to get on the list. The next one is minimize your, or I'm sorry, the next one is that, that you want to stop doing is stop minimizing what it is costing you to be where you are. Stop minimizing the cost of where you are at. So for example, this happens way too often for women that are 50, 75, even 30 pounds overweight. It really is just relative in the perception we are giving behind where we're at. When we aren't where we want to be, it keeps us playing small. When we aren't where we want to be in our health, the cost might be, maybe you're not able to get off the ground and play with your kids as frequently as you would want. That was one of the, moments and experiences one of my clients had shared with me as they realized that they just they'd put on so much weight for them that they just weren't as mobile as they wanted to be and therefore it was impacting their ability to like get up and get off the floor it was a challenge for them to just get from get to all the way to the floor and play with their kids right and then let alone trying to get up after right or being able to cross your legs or tie your shoes Or the, maybe it is that you are knowing in today's environment, we're very much on social media, in building your business, the, for example, Reels or Facebook Lives or whatever is the method of the moment, even the Zoom meetings that you might be in if you're in a corporation, it requires us to be in front of a camera and be showing up physically and Sometimes the cost is not realizing that you aren't stepping out. You aren't taking the risks that are because it feels too risky. You're not showing yourself. You're not living to your greatest potential. And that might be costing you influence. It might be cost because we're all influencers. <laughs> I don't know why that that term was coined to represent someone that has, you know, massive followings. But reality is, is that every single person is an influencer every day, you're influencing your family, you're influencing your community, you're influencing your team or your coworkers, whatever it might be. And if we're playing small, we aren't honoring the influence God wants us to have. So getting real with what it's costing you. I've had other clients share experiences where they were not able to be on the rides with their kids at amusement parks that they wanted to be on because they didn't fit in the ride itself. And I remember more than one client coming to me ecstatic when they were able to fit in the rides comfortably. Maybe it's costing you the ability to shop freely and confidently because the size that you're in is uncomfortable for you or the idea of going into that next size is daunting. So you're wearing the clothes that are good enough versus clothes that allow you to really express yourself and show the vibrance and all that is within you. The third thing you must stop doing in order to increase motivation is stop waiting until you feel like you're ready. And this kind of ties into what I started with in that motivation itself is a feeling that is unreliable. Or I should say that the motivation we're used to hearing about is a feeling that is unreliable. And when we're waiting to feel ready, We're continually putting off, expecting some sort of feeling to just magically show up. How long have you been waiting to feel like you're ready? How long have you been saying, I think I'm starting to get ready. I think I'm starting to feel ready. I think I'm starting to, sister, you may or may not feel ready. Again, be in action. Be encouraged. Know that. Most of the people that you see that have attained any measure of success didn't feel ready when they started. They didn't feel qualified when they started. They didn't feel capable when they started. The difference is, is that they chose to do it anyway. They chose the action steps. So stop feeling like you need to wait until you feel ready. And ask yourself, this might be helpful as well for some of you that might be stuck with that, like, what is it going to take for you to feel ready? And when you really take that to journal and play that out, do you ever see yourself getting there from where you are now? And in a second, we'll talk about micro steps, but really ask yourself, what is ready? Is that, has that just become a lie that fosters the procrastination? Truth and love, my friends, truth and love. Okay, so the five things to do that will increase motivation. So the five things to start doing. The five things that you must do if you want to increase your motivation. The first is visualization. I know for some of you it might sound woohoo. However, there is both biblical principles attached to this and there is science behind it. Visualization plays a massive role. It is crazy when you look at how God designed our body and our minds, especially when it comes to the power of visualization. Not only does scripture tell us in Habakkuk 2, 2, and 3, write the vision and make it plain on tab- tablets, that he may run who reads it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. So in there's scriptures also, for example, uh, Proverbs tells, tells us, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. But the power of visualization is it allows us to begin to think and act in alignment with the visualization, the vision that we have created, the outcome that we've laid out on paper. And this in and of itself can be its own topic. And in fact, it is its own uh, module within Kingdom Fit Academy because it is such a critical piece of laying the foundation to get to wherever you want to be. This is true in health and wellness. It's also true with your business goals, your relationship goals, your family goals. Visualization is critical. There's also a science behind it related to reticulary activation system, our RAS system, in which science has proven there is an aspect of our brain that sets a target and works to build the belief that supports your that will support your ability to reach that target. So if you aren't intentionally giving your mind a target, it has a target whether you are working for it or using it to your advantage or not. So if you aren't intentional about the target you're giving it, chances are the target is the product of all the stinking thinking or all the where you've been that you aren't even conscious of or aware of. So you get to be empowered by choosing that vision and that target. A very clear way to articulate this is buying a car. When you set out to buy a car, perhaps you're one of those people that you thought, you know, this car is kind of unique or different. That may or may not be why you bought it, but you never really noticed it before. You saw it on the lot, or maybe you did see it somewhere, right? But you then buy it and all of a sudden you see that same car that you bought, the same make, the same model, the same color. You'd see it everywhere because you've brought it to the forefront of your mind. Now you see it. It's That is a, a very simple way to think about the possibility and the power. When we put something in front of our mind, it becomes something that we continue to Reinforce, see, become aware of, and then when it comes to our goals, we're more likely to take action on it. The visualization of it, because our brain—I know this sounds crazy—and I don't have time to explain it today. But John Acereth talks about this a lot. In he's one of the uh, top—I wanted to say brains when it comes to neuroscience, but uh, it's his niche, his thing, his expertise is uh, investing the in the aspect of neuroscience and how our brains function and our brains do not know the difference between reality and not reality and when we give it this vision it is going to and we focus on that vision and we spend time visualizing the vision we're creating what Maxwell Maltz talks about in Psychocybernetics, a theater of our minds. That's a phenomenal book, by the way. It's one of the foundational books that I started in addition to the Bible, of course. But when I started to really focus on my own personal development about 12 years ago, that was one of the first books that a mentor recommended to me. And I've rec- read it several times since and recommended over and over and over again. I'll put the uh, link to it in the show notes. But he talks about the power of the theater of the mind. It goes back to even, I just drew a blank on the person's name, but the first person to break the four-minute mile, not only did he physically work and train his body, but he also worked on the visualization of it before, Roger Bannister, before he broke the four-minute mile People assumed if you ran that fast, your legs would fall off. Like there was all kinds of crazy theories about if someone actually tried to run that fast. Roger Bannister visualized it, trained for it, and made it happen. And then within the following year, I think it was five to six other people hit the four minute mile because his example gave them a visualization and then gave them a belief of what was possible, and all of a sudden it was done. And now, of course, it's ridiculously the norm for <laughs> the people that are gifted in that way. So, again, I'm, I'm going on a little bit more on that that um, topic that, or that particular point than I had intended, but it really is to impress upon you that it is not woohoo. It is both biblical and science based, and it is a critical aspect of you getting from where you are to where you want to be. The second is. Affirmations and affirmations can be a topic in and of itself as well. I don't mean just saying words just to say words, but get in alignment with God's word, get in alignment with um, using declarative prayer. I talk about that in, I believe it's episode 15, putting power into your prayer and using his scripture to. Remind you of who you are, what he has called you to. And when you choose those scriptures and you're saying those scriptures out loud, claiming them in declarative form as truth with emotion in this, in the, when you're speaking the words, then you will again find them, build the the process, you're taking action, I should say, on the process that will build motivation, that will empower you to be taking action for yourself in the direction of your highest good. And the third is micro-commitments. So micro-commitments is when you break down the tiny, what might seem very tiny steps that will lead you to the bigger choice. For example, you have a hard time making it to your workout you maybe it's that you've decided that walking is going to be your thing but you have a hard time it just you have all the reasons not to right you get to look at the reasons why you can you get to talk yourself into it but you talk yourself one of the ways you can talk yourself into it i should say is by making micro commitments what do you what all needs to happen for you to go on the walk Perhaps it is making sure your shoes, or I'm sorry, making sure that your clothes for the the walk are laid out for you in the morning. Maybe you even lay them out the night before. Maybe that next morning you get your grab your shoes and you put your shoes by it. Maybe the next micro commitment is getting dressed <laughs> to go do the walk, right? And maybe the next micro commitment is just stepping outside and feeling the fresh air maybe the next micro commitment is okay I'm gonna walk for five minutes and then maybe the next micro commitment is I'm going to walk for until the I get to the next block but again my point is align whatever it is you want to do into smaller steps for you Makes sense so whatever that bigger thing is that workout that maybe seems daunting or overwhelming Really get meticulous almost about breaking down the micro-commitments instead of just thinking about the workout. Okay, what steps can I take to get there? And then recognize yourself for following through for yourself. Part of what makes something feel overwhelming sometimes for some women is that you're doubting whether or not you're going to follow through for yourself. But when you take the time to break down the micro-commitments and recognize that, okay, I did it. I got my shoes on. Okay, I did it. I got my jacket on. Okay, I did it. I got my water on. I'm ready to go. Physically ready to go. You might not feel like it. It's the choice to, right? And as you're doing that, you get to talk yourself into it. So micro-commitments are one of the ways to break that down. The fourth is making a plan and making it non-negotiable. So this can go in many directions, but I will give you one example in that whatever your plan it, that best aligns for you. So one of the things I teach in Kingdom Fit Academy is the power of making plans, sticking, through, sticking with them, um, how to lay that out for the week and evaluate, evaluate each week as well as plan for the week ahead and why that is so important. The next step in that is when we are making a plan, it is important that we decide to make it non-negotiable and not allow that time to be interrupted. So an example would be maybe it's your time for food prep. That food prep is what is going to allow you to stay on track for the week ahead. So whatever time that is that you set aside, you don't get to not do it if you're tired. You don't get to not do it if you just don't feel like it or somebody else pulls on your time and attention. Instead, you get to say, no, I planned to do this this afternoon and I'm going to not check with my feelings. I'm going to show up to the plan I created when I was in the right mood and in the right mind frame mindset right I'm going to follow through with what I said I was going to do and when you build that ability to execute regardless of how you feel that puts you in the position for greater success when you build the ability to create that plan for yourself that aligns with your highest good. And this is true with any aspect of life. And then you build the habit of making that plan non negotiable, meaning you're protecting that time. Just as, ladies, let's face it, we have our hair appointments, we book them six, eight weeks out. And so, come or hell, hell or high water, we're going to be at that hair appointment right? Because we know, one, we don't want to let the hairdresser down because canceling at the last minute or I'm sure none of you would just not show up, right? You wouldn't just not show up for yourself regardless of how you feel. You're going to go to your hair appointment regardless of because that's a commitment you made. Somebody else is relying on you. They're expecting you to be there and you know it's going to be another six to eight weeks for you to get in if you do flake, right? Apply that same level of reverence, for yourself and the time that you're allotting for your highest good that you do for your hair, right? You're just as worthy. Your body, your self-wear, it has much more leverage. I mean, don't get me wrong. Getting our hair done does make us feel good. It's like there's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is these things planning your food out when it comes to health and wellness, for example, planning your food out, planning your workouts, right? And again, the thing that I teach in Kingdom Fit Academy is food doesn't have to be complicated. It's actually not complicated. It's very simple. It's the thoughts and beliefs we have around food that make it difficult. So that's what we get to work through on Kingdom Fit Academy. And it doesn't require hours and hours at a gym. So start with what is even the I was going to say what is the bare minimum, but not necessarily bare minimum, but just where you from where you are now, what is the plan you can put in place over the next week that is going to be in alignment with your highest good and get you closer to your long-term goals and then protect that time. Don't decide at the don't let somebody else decide at the last minute that this is more important or that's more important. Even the seemingly good things because it comes back to at some point, something has got to give. You can't continue to do what you've always done and get a new result. If you continue to allow everything else to pull away from the, the, the structure you're trying to put in place for yourself or the habits that you're trying to build for yourself, then you'll always continue this pattern of being stuck and feeling um, burnt out and all the things because it's not just about the weight and the scale, but it's a how you're feeling and how you're able to find your connection to peace and greater purpose is based on how you're caring for yourself. So make that plan and stick to the plan regardless of what feelings show up on any given day, regardless on what someone else says is urgent for any given day. And of course, there are true emergencies and we get to discern that, but too often women lead to the pendulum, to the other, like the far side of we put ourselves last. And that's the paradigm that we need to switch, is making the time, setting the plan, and executing the plan, following through on the habits and the priorities that align with our highest good. Fair enough? The fifth is focus on your choices and your habits that you're making throughout the week and make that your win. When we focus on the choices and the habits that we did well, the results will come because even if we feel like we didn't have an ideal week, if even if we feel like we were not perfect or the physical result maybe wasn't what you expected it to be for that week, celebrate your commitment to the action steps, celebrate your commitment to the wins along the way. And when you do that, you're training your brain to be encouraged, to be motivated. When we feel like we're doing good, when we're celebrating ourselves, we want to do more of it. So again, it's another example of where you take the actions and the feeling of motivation could catch up, But as long as you continue to choose to do it regardless of how you feel, the results will come. Make sense? So I hope that this was helpful today. Again, the three things you must stop doing, stop procrastinating, stop minimizing the cost of where you're at, what it is costing you to stay where you are now. Stop waiting until you feel ready. The five things to do to increase your motivation, there's Vis- a visualization, affirmations in com- working in declarative prayer based on God's word for the affirmations, micro commitments, make a plan and make it non-negotiable and focus on your wins for each week. Make your wins about your habits and your choices, both in habits, both in actions, as well as in emotion, and the results will follow. All right? If you found this helpful, please like, comment, and share. Leave a review on iTunes. Share it with a woman that you believe will be helped by it, and I will talk to you guys soon.